Warning, this podcast may contain strong explicit language as this is my personal opinions on football. Listener discretion advised. You are now listening to The Stumpy Show. What is up guys and welcome to another episode as always. And you already know what time it is. Another episode of The Stumpy Show. And as always, I'm your host Kyle Stump, a.k.a. Stumpy. And let's get right into week six. And the way to start it off, what better way to start it than another terrible game on Amazon Prime on Thursday nights. But this time between the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. The Bears. And basically the first half was just punt drive after turn after another and another until a till the commanders hit a field goal late in the second quarter and we weren't seeing touchdowns until the second half when freaking Justin when Justin Fields threw a 40-yard touchdown to Dante Pettis and it's pretty much as you expected more punt more punt and not much going until like midway through the fourth fourth where where commanders running back Brian Robinson brought brought the ball for in for a touchdown and it was more punts and a missed field goal by Washington and in the final minutes and it's just as we thought the Chicago Bears were gonna win it. Justin Fields throws, tries to throw a three-yard pass to Darnell Mooney, which turned out to be incomplete. And this game was basically the going was pretty much decided by the defense. As they had sacks on sacks on sacks. Both teams did. And neither quarterback were getting anything going. Neither Carson Wentz nor Justin Fields. Although the Commanders are going to be without about Carson Wentz for four to six weeks due to a broken finger. So Taylor Heineke is pretty much coming back at this point as starter. And even though Fields threw more than more than a hundred yards and did a good amount of work on the ground. It still was not enough as the Commanders just slightly comes out with a victory with a final score of 12-7. to Next game on tap we have is the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. And in this game, all I gotta say, what the hell was the 49ers defense doing? I mean... I mean, yeah, they had a few sacks on the day, but what was going on? Like the 49ers in general. I mean, besides the three-headed monster at what in the receiving core of Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, actually doing quite well. But then again, also Jimmy Garoppolo had two interceptions in that game. And and there was one play where Jeff Wilson fumbled the ball, recovered by Jalen Hawkins, 
which he returned for a touchdown. And Hawkins had an interception in that game. And they pretty much made the Falcons look like a decent team out there. Even Marcus Mariota was limiting the mistakes to a minimum. And also to the point to where Kyle Pitts had his first touchdown in over a year. Despicable. Like, the Falcons did not play like their trash selves since Super Bowl 51. 28-3, never forget as a Pats fan. They looked like they shed that. And the 49ers just looked weak. I mean, this was a game that I did not see coming. Well, for winning. Winning-wise of being an upset. But it just is what it is. I mean, you win some, you lose some. It's as simple as that. And this was a game that wasn't the 49ers game. And Trey Lance is probably laughing right now seeing how pathetic Garoppolo was. I mean, Garoppolo wasn't terrible, but two interceptions, unacceptable. And the Falcons pretty much came away with the victory with a final score of 28-14. to Next up, we have my New England Patriots taking on the Cleveland Browns. And coming into this game, it was 50-50 of whether or not Mac Jones was back from injury or not. And at the very last minute, Mac Jones was declared as inactive. So Bailey Zappi had his second start of the season. And Zappi looked better this time around. I mean, he did look good against the Lions last week. But in the game against the Browns, looked even better. I mean, he passed for over 300 yards and had two touchdowns on the day in that game. And one to Hunter Henry and one to rookie Tyquan Thornton. And speaking of Hunter Henry, not only him, but Devontae Parker, Jonu Smith, and Jacoby Myers each had over 60 yards receiving. I mean, that's all you can ask for in your offense. I mean, as your job to quarterback, to throw the ball, the receiver's job is to do a good amount of the work for you. And that's what the Patriots wide receiver core did in this game. And, and that defense was a nightmare for... Their defense was a nightmare for Cleveland. As they were set, as Jacoby Brissett was sacked numerous times, had a sack from Dietrich Wise, had a sack act from Carl, Carl Davis Jr., and when he had that fumble recovery later on in the game, he was doing his best B.J. Rashi impression, like he never left. Although he, B.J. Rashi played for the Green Bay Packers, not for the Patriots. But in this game, in the Browns defense. Still had a, still kept, held their own against the Pats offense with Miles Garrett having two sacks on the day, which I mean that's average Miles Garrett game. What do you expect? And overall, um, the Pats defense was making Jacoby 
Jacoby Brissett look weak. I mean, Brissett had two interceptions on the day, with one of them being being an interception by Kyle Duggar, and another later on in the game by Jalen Mills. Yeah, Jalen Mills making an interception. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying we're living in the Matrix right now, but... I mean, at this point, I mean, Jack Jones, the rookie out of, out of Arizona State, is coming to his own. But there's not much doubt in Jalen Mills. Not yet. And this game was a game that Nick Chubb wasn't on, on top of his game. And obviously was not enough. As the New England Patriots win this game and are now 3-3 three and three right now. After a slow one and three start, with a with the final score being Patriots thirty eight, Browns fifteen. On to the next one as the New York Jets took on the Green Bay Packers, and as mentioned, speaking in the Matrix, we are definitely living that as the Jets are pretty much respectable at this point. I mean. Taking out the Green Bay Packers, even though Aaron Rodgers is still playing at a high level, it didn't prove that. And the Jets didn't need Zach Wilson and to put on a high-scoring game. That pretty much was led to rookie Brees Hall and their defense. As Quinn and Williams had two sacks on the game, and proven that he was still one of the best defensive players in that draft class in 2019, next to Nick Bosa. And also, oh, John Franklin Myers and Sheldon Rankins each had a sack as well. And, and there was barely anything Aaron Rodgers could do. I mean, still had a decent game all around, as he still normally does. At the same time, um, the Packers could barely do anything besides a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers to Alan Lazard. And the defense did all they could with a sack by Rashawn Gary. And the Packers were, were just asleep. And it showed. And this game was just flat-out embarrassing for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers organization as they lost to two New York teams who, going into the season five years ago, were pretty much irrelevant. And now they the Packers lost to both New York teams. And... Both those teams look respectable right now. That's what I... Now that is pretty much living in the Matrix right now. As the Jets, in an upset, won this game with a final score of 27-10. And now we got an AFC South matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. And round one of this matchup this season 
was taken by the Jaguars in Duval County. And this time around, the Jaguars were heading to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. And this was a very close game. And, like, Trevor Lawrence and Matty Ice were back and forth at times. And, and there was there was barely any stopping on both offense. And tra Travis Etienne had himself a game for the Jaguars at running back. And for the, for the Colts, on the other hand, no Jonathan Taylor. It, but in the rushing game, it was kind of a problem. Problem as Philip Lindsay and Deion Jackson in, could barely do anything on the ground. But it was just in the air that the Colts did most of their work. Work as Matty Ice almost had... Almost had over, over 400 yards in this game. And it was like 11, yard, 11 yards away from 400. And had three touchdowns in that game. And with that, with the yards being led by Michael Pittman Jr., I mean, the top target at this point for the Colts. And just as... As the Jaguars were coming away with that victory, victory, he Trevor Lawrence throws a touchdown to Christian Kirk, Kirk for for a touchdown, and the two point conversion was no good. And just as we thought the Jaguars were going to be beating the Colts in this matchup, Matt Ryan throws a 32 yard touchdown to Alec Pierce to seal it and get the two-point conversion. And from there, the Colts just pretty much flew away with that victory with, with showing the Jaguars no mercy and proving that that game that the Jaguars won against the Colts was a complete fluke as the Colts Colts won this game with a final score of 34 to 27. And next game we have is down south in the 305 as the Minnesota Vikings took on the Miami Dolphins. And going into this game, it was still a bit unclear whether or not Tua Tagovailoa was coming back in this game, but that those rumors turned out to be false. He was not coming back. Not yet. So, in this game, Skylar Thompson had the start. And what do you know? A couple plays in, and Thompson was out of the game. And then came in Teddy Bridgewater. But, Teddy Bridgewater did quite well. As much as he could. I mean, pass for over 300 yards in that game. And the 1-2 combo wide receiver core of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Each had over 120 yards each in that game. And although this game for the Vikings came down to the defense as both Bridgewater and Thompson were sacked a total of six times. With... 
Zadarius Smith and Patrick Jones II, each having two sacks in that game. And also, for the Vikings defense, a sack each by Daniil Hunter and Jordan Hicks. And... And but Bridgewater also had a couple interceptions in this game. And forgot to mention that with an inter interception by Harrison Smith and an interception by Patrick Peterson. And the offense barely had to do any work. Kirk Cousins didn't really have to pass for a boatload of yards. And I mean, Dalvin Cook did his thing, being like 70, 77 yards rushing and a touchdown. And Justin Jefferson did his thing, receiving for over 100 yards. But after a while, and a fumble recovery, by, fumble caused by Jalen Waddle, and a recovery by Cameron Bynum, pretty much sealed it at that point. With the with the Vikings driving down the field and scoring a touchdown with Dalvin Cook. And then that intercession by Patrick Peterson towards the end. And it was all said and done. And it pretty much proved that for the Vikings that Mike Zimmer w was holding that team back. And it showed. And I mean, a 5-1 and one record? Man. I wouldn't, be, wouldn't have expected that going into the season. I wouldn't have expected that at all. I mean, I knew the Vikings could make some noise, but not this amount of noise. Wow. And with this game, game pretty much proved that the Vikings missed Tua Tagovailoa. But don't worry, Dolphins fans, you will get him back as he is now medically cleared to play again. And but the sad news is for Vikings fan, for Dolphins fans, was that they lost this game with a final score of twenty-four to sixteen. And now we go on to Bourbon Street as the Cincinnati Bengals took on the New Orleans Saints, and it was a return for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to New Orleans since college, and. Burrow and Chase were definitely making some noise as Burrow had quite the game and he couldn't have done it without Jamar Chase. With Burrow passing for exactly 300 yards and Chase on the other hand had, had over 130 yards receiving and two touchdowns and it's almost like they never left in this game and that's what it pretty much came down to in this game between the two offenses as both defenses pretty much had their pluses and minuses and I'm with the Saints having three sacks in that game with Demario Davis having two of them for the Saints sacking Burrow twice and not much on those on the Bengals defense no, I mean try to keep it keep it perfectly balanced. Just like just like Thanos said. When he pretty much abducted Gamora after destroying half our planet. 
Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the Avengers series, the MCU, I'm so sorry. No, I don't like it backlash, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. But this was mainly an offensive game, and it pretty much showed as it was a bit high scoring. I mean, it could have been even more, but it wasn't, wasn't even more. And this game was very close, but somebody had to win. And unfortunately, that team was the Cincinnati Bengals. As the Bengals won this game after a dominated performance by the former LSU Tigers, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, winning with the Bengals winning with a final score of 30-26. Next up, we head on down the Meadowlands as the Baltimore Ravens took on the New York Giants. And going into this game, at this point, it was the Giants' true test of whether or not they're legit or not. And this game was a bit back and forth. Not that high scoring, I mean, in the hot, in the 20s. But the game could have gone either way. I mean, I mean, yeah, this brought the Ravens' offense doing their thing. With Lamar Jackson passing the ball as much as he can, and also running the ball like he's a modern-day Michael Vick. I mean, he kind of is at this point. I mean, had about almost 300 all-purpose yards. But in the rushing game, it was all carried by Kenyon Drake for the for the Ravens. As he had, he had 119 yards rushing. And... Also in this game, trusting his trusty sidekick in Mark Andrews with having over 100 yards in that game. And for the Giants, on the other hand, I mean, did have to rely a bit on Daniel Jones. I mean, I mean Jones's numbers weren't mind-blowing, but Jones had two touchdowns on the day. And, and also, he, the Giants had Saquon Barkley doing his thing, carrying the team as much as he could. But all this came down to the end, like near the final minutes of the game. As the Ravens were trying to bring the ball down the field to try to seal it even more. But Lamar Jackson throws a costly interception to Julian Love, which sets up, sets up a touchdown um, by Daniel Jones later on in the game. And then settling for a field goal. And then with Jet, Lamar Jackson trying to bring it down the field once again, he is strip-sacked by rookie first-rounder Kayvon Thibodeau. Oh. And the ball being recovered by Leonard Williams. And after that, the Giants just settled it from there. And yeah, the Matrix is strong this year. First, the Jets being at least respectable. And now the Giants? I mean, yeah, the Giants pretty much lack talent on kind of both sides of the ball. But it seems like Brian Dobble, the head coach of the Giants, is kind of pleading his case right now for Coach of the Year. And it just shows. I mean, just give him the award right now. 
for coaching the Jets and making them respectable. As uh, not the Jets, the Giants. My bad. As the Giants won this game with a final score of 24 to 20. Shocking. Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is the first time that this that Tom Brady is not seeing Ben Roethlisberger in this game. So it was pretty much Tom Brady versus Kenny Pickett in a quarterback matchup. But in this game, and Brady couldn't get much done with a pretty much a backup offensive line. And it pretty much went a little bit like this in his mind. All right, and nobody's blocking. Yeah. Brutal. And it almost seemed like Tom Brady was still recovering from a hangover after Robert Kraft's wedding. Which, congratulations to Robert Kraft, by the way. And Brady wasn't looking the best. And pretty much to the point to where he was yelling at the offensive line in the middle of the game. And it wasn't like he, was, he wasn't doing that enough when he was playing for the Patriots. And this game was to the point to where their defense weren't doing as much work. And I wouldn't say they were making Trubisky look like a superstar. Not that, not that bad. But to the point to where Chase Claypool looked like a star when he isn't doing a celebration during a two-minute drill. We don't forget that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, out of nowhere, I mean, my mind is just blown seeing the score. As the Steelers came, came away with the upset in very close fashion. With a final score of 20-18. to 18. Next game we have is the Carolina Panthers taking on the defending champs, the LA Rams. And this season, the... The defending champs don't look that good right now. Not to say Carolina's looked even better. I mean, the only positive for Carolina is the productive play from Christian McCaffrey. When he's running the ball and catching the ball. And he hasn't injured himself yet. And also for Carolina, Baker Mayfield has been a disaster. And that is pretty much why... Uh, there were snaps split between P.J. Walker and Jacob Eason. <laughs> and, and they're still crying for Sam Darnold to come back. And at this point, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> and their defense couldn't get anything going besides an intercepted by, by Dante Jackson for Carolina. And L.A., they did all they could. I mean, you got the usual self. Cooper Cup leading the team in um, receiving yards. You also had Jalen Ramsey with a sack. I mean, but that's not really that high to come by. 
where Jalen Ramsey is getting a sack in a game as a cornerback. And also this short game, but this game will be remembered for one thing. And that is Robbie Anderson. And I can tell you this right now. Thought it was a good idea arguing with your coach on the sideline. Let me tell you something. And that's when he hit me. The best idea I ever had in my entire life. That's the worst idea you ever had in your entire life. It was not. And because of that, he was escorted off the field. And then, then the next day, traded to Arizona. So, I don't know if that plan was a mission successful because you wanted to get out of Carolina in the beginning of the season or mission failed. We'll get him next time to get respect. Either way, it ended with you leaving. And this game was not even close as the Carolina, as the... Los Angeles Rams won this game with ease with a final score of 24 to 10. We have a, a NFC West matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. Good news is for the Cardinals, they're getting DeAndre Hopkins back. Not in this game, but next game. And by the by the time of recording. DeAndre Hopkins would be back. That's for Arizona. And good news for Seattle, they aren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. I mean, they're fairly decent. I mean, Geno Smith is filling in quite well for Russell, for Russell Wilson. But they haven't gotten that piece together, and I don't expect them to be a playoff team this year. I don't think anybody does. But the future's bright for right now. And in this game, it kind of shows that. I mean, they have some pieces that want to come out and play on both sides of the ball. Include, including running back, running back Kenneth Walker, who's failing quite well the past couple games at running back this season as a rookie. And this game this game pretty much came down to the defense on both sides. As sacks on sacks on sacks for both Seattle and Arizona. And for Arizona, Zavin Collins had two sacks this game. Proving that Zavin Collins is not gonna be a future bust. But this game was was pretty low scoring to say the least. Kyler Murray couldn't get much done. I mean, besides three around over 300 all-purpose yards, and Geno Smith could barely get anything going. And this was pretty much it. Low scoring game. Defenses were all over the place, stopping everybody. But bad news for the Cardinals, they could be without they could be without Marquise Hollywood Brown 
for the rest of the season, and he will be out due to a ankle injury that could that could or is ending his season. And also more bad news for the Cardinals. They lost this game. Very low scoring. I'm going to say it one more time. And they lost this game with a final score of 19-9. to And now we got one of the most highly anticipated rematches this season. A rematch from the AFC Divisional Round last year. Between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. And this pretty much could be the potential, and I repeat, potential AFC Championship game this year. As Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes put on a clinic, each having over 300 passing yards and didn't settle for anything less. And in the wide receiver core, you had, for the Bills, Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis putting on a clinic, with Diggs having over 100 yards receiving, but Gabriel Davis wasn't there, wasn't exactly right there. At around at receiving yards in the 70s. And for the Chiefs, you had Travis Kelsey doing his thing, putting up over 100 yards. And a surprising new name, Juju Smith-Schuster, putting up over 100 yards. And, and pretty much, it, this game did not disappoint. And it kind of gets me excited on if this could be the AFC Championship game this year. I'm looking forward to it if it is. Like, both these teams left no doubt, and as expected, it came down to the very end. As the Chiefs were trying to get the trying to run out the ball for a touchdown. But towards the end of the game, him. Mahomes throws a costly interception with 13 seconds left in the game. Throwing an interception in Tyron Johnson to pretty much seal this game as the Bills win this game with a final score of 24-20. to Now we head on to a Sunday night header in an NFC East matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is a rivalry you like to see, besides uh, it's the Packers and Bears. Like, these guys hate each other. And we're talking so much. Like, the Eagles saying, oh, undefeated, going to the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, yeah, I kind of predicted that then to be a dark horse pick. Pick. And then you got Cowboys fans being like, oh, we hit into the Super Bowl. Oh, Cooper Rush undefeated. It's starting. He's better than Dak Prescott. And we're better than the other teams in the 90s. This is our year. Like, Daddy Chill. Daddy Chill. Seriously. Thank <laughs> I mean, people think that Pats fans are kind of toxic, but these two are just the icing on the cake. Both these fan bases. It isn't just one or the other. <laughs> and, and Cooper Rush looked 
terrible in this game for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, throwing three picks in this game and only having one touchdown pass. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! God, that is awful. I mean, if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be wanting Dak Prescott back. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he didn't throw he didn't throw that many yards, but at least he had two touchdowns and not an interception. Jalen Hurts at least did his thing. With two interceptions, interceptions thrown from, from Cooper Rush to C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and also an interception by Darius Big Play Slay for the Eagles. And the Eagles pretty much looked like the better team, and it showed time and time again. But good news for Cowboys fans, Dak Prescott is cleared to play in the next game against the Detroit Lions. But for right now, the Cowboys take an L, and the Eagles stay undefeated with a final score of... 26 to 17. And last and certainly not least, a Monday night game, an AFC West rivalry game between the Denver Broncos and the LA Chargers. And this game, it pretty much came down to the kickers. I mean, each team had at least one touchdown. At least one touchdown. Russell Wilson threw a touchdown touchdown and the Chargers had a touchdown well that was Austin Eckler who ran for a touchdown but it was mainly defense and field goals in this game like Brandon McManus and Dustin Hopkins had to put the teams on their backs in this one because not many touchdowns were made in this game only one for each team. And still some sacks in this game for both teams, as a matter of fact. As a matter, as a matter of fact, I mean, I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson, who was sacked act four times in this game, and Justin Herbert twice. I mean, not bad on both sides. I mean, O-lines were just do, doing as much as they could. And, and there's nothing much to say. I mean, Justin Herbert didn't play the best, and neither did Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson hasn't been playing his best all season. And I kind of showed. But this game did eventually head into overtime. I'm... And both these teams were playing hot potato with, you know. But in the end, with two minutes and eight seconds left on the clock in the game, and the Chargers set up Dustin Hopkins for a 39-yard field goal to seal it. And, I mean, both those teams have to go back to the drawing board. It isn't just one person, one team. It's both of them because... They both, both teams were not playing the best in this game. 
And the Chargers just barely made it out with a victory as they won this game with a final score of 19-16. to And I forgot to mention that four teams had a bye week this week. They were not scheduled to play at all this week. And those teams were the Detroit Lions, Tennessee Titans, Las Vegas Raiders, and Houston Texans. So, they had the week off. And now we go on to Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week. And my Offensive Player of the Week, it has to go to Josh Allen. I mean, pretty much showed no mercy in this game against against a team that he saw in the playoffs last year. Had the game of his life in that game. The previous game, not, not this game. I mean, this and pretty much led the Bills to victory and a 5-1 and one record right now, and the kings of the AFC. And my defensive player of the week, I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's going to a Jets player, and that is Quinnen Williams. Five tackles, two sacks, a and a forced fumble, and a blocked field goal. I mean, he was playing like a man possessed. And I can't believe I'm saying that about a Jets player, and me part. And you already know me at this point. I personally hate the Jets, mainly because of the rivalry between them and the Patriots. But this, these next couple games, when they face the Patriots, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. And also, oh, in the making of this recording, it has been reported that Christian McCaffrey he was traded to the San Francisco 49ers for four draft picks. A, tw- a second, third, and fourth round pick in next in this upcoming draft in 2023, and a fifth rounder in 2024. So, but but Carolina almost had a first rounder in this one, but but the but the 49ers weren't budging for a first rounder. Hey, but hey. It definitely seems like Carolina's either tanking for three players. Will Anderson Anderson Jr., C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young. Three players. That it could be in the draft. Could be the first overall pick in the draft. But that will wrap up this episode of the Stumpy Show. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Stump, a.k.a. Stumpy, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.